Hey there, CEOs. It's Brandy, and I have just a quick note for newer listeners. This show used to be called the She Who Dares podcast, but on May 5th, 2022, we changed the name to the Wedding Pro CEO podcast to better reflect my mission, to help wedding industry entrepreneurs scale a profitable business they love. The content is the same, just a more descriptive title. Enjoy the show. I think that's it. <laughs> ready to go. All right, here we go. You're listening to episode number 92 of the She Who Dares podcast. Welcome to the She Who Dares podcast. I'm your host, Brandi Gar. I'm a small business entrepreneur with almost 20 years of experience in the event industry, and I've spent the last decade creating multiple thriving businesses, growing a dedicated team, and teaching others to do the same. Each week, I'll share an inspiring conversation or message to encourage you to follow your dreams to start or scale your business. Thanks for hanging out with me this week. Let's jump into the episode. Hey there, podcast friends. Welcome back to another episode of the She Who Dares podcast. Today, I'm excited to share with you Meet the Gars road trip style. It's the third time that we've done a Meet the Gars episode on this podcast. And if you haven't heard one before, it's honestly just kind of a peek behind the scenes into what it's like to run a business as a husband and wife team with three girls and be running multiple businesses. My husband, Ira, is my business partner, my husband, my baby daddy, my podcast editor and producer, all the things. And we spend about 24 hours a day together every single week. And, you know, it has its crazy times, but it also has its benefits. And I love these episodes because honestly, there's no need for a pen and pencil. It's just kind of a fun, lighthearted peek into our life. And we just got done with a 31-day road trip up the East Coast with our girls and had a lot of people message us saying, you know, how did you plan it? How did you keep up with work? What did you do? Did you make each other crazy? You know, what were the highlights? And so this is really just Ira and I sitting down for a fun conversation to share a little bit about what it was like to plan our trip why we did it, um, how we made some really last-minute decisions, and how we kept up with all of our businesses while we were gone so that we could be fully engaged with our girls while we were there. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode, and here we go. All right. Well, welcome back to the show, babe. How's it going? It's great. Are you making fun of me? No. It looks like you're making fun of me because I have my podcast voice on. Podcast voice activated. Is my podcast voice different than my regular voice? It's like your business voice. (laughs) Okay, so today we are recording a summer episode. Ira asked me, okay, so tell me about the, like, what's this episode about? Like, what are you trying to get from it? And I was like, I don't know. I think I just want it to be like fun and lighthearted and share a little bit about our trip. You know, we just got back from a 30-day road trip. We were gone for 31 days, actually, and we both work full-time for our business. So I think when I was sharing about it on our stories, a lot of people had questions or were like, I want to do that or whatever. So I thought, you know what? If I was watching somebody else do this, I would want to know a little bit more behind the scenes. So that's what we're doing today. We're just going to share a little bit of fun and a little bit about how we worked during the trip and all that kind of stuff. So if you guys don't already know the voice that you're hearing, that's not mine. It's Ira Gar. He's our podcast editor and producer. Hello, everyone. <laughs> he is also the co-owner of all of our businesses and 
my husband and the father of our three girls. So (laughs) he's got a lot of roles that he plays in our business. And so I'm excited to have him on the show today. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. (laughs) All right. So babe, the first question I have is kind of like, when I told you I wanted to do a month long road trip, what did you think? I process a lot of things. So I just started thinking about how crazy that would be. How, like, if that's even a possibility and what it would entail with our business. Like, I, I knew I could take care of the family and the children, so that's good. But, like, what would happen to the business if we did this? What would that look like? Would it look like every day we're getting phone calls or every day something's breaking? You know, I'm not pessimistic, just realistic. I don't want to dwell on the negative, but realistic. Like, how, how can this happen? Yeah, you're definitely always the realistic one. And I'm always kind of like, let's just do it. Of course, we can make it work. Of course, it'll happen. But for me, this was a bucket list trip for me because I I think when the girls were little and we, you know, I was running the business myself really for the first seven years. So they're little years. And I felt like I was gone a lot. Like I was, I missed out on a lot of things. And I always kind of dreamed of this business that didn't take me away from our family so much, you know, because wedding professionals were gone a lot, especially on weekends. And so I had always kind of dreamed of this trip and summer is super slow. For the reality is, I'll stop you real quick, is that you were gone. So that's a real thing. Yeah, no, that's a reality. Yeah. We talk to a lot of people right now and they're like, they see you successful or they see somebody in their industry that's been doing it and now ha- you know doesn't have to work weddings. I mean, you put in your time. Yeah. There was a time where you couldn't. You know, it took 12 years of owning our business before I was able to step away from really the day-to-day. And that took a lot of knowing what we wanted from our business. That was important for me was that I wanted a business we could do anywhere, anytime, and I wouldn't have to necessarily leave the family to do it. So yeah, it's about doing something you love so you can have the time to do it and still include your family. Right. Honestly, even when we kind of veered off of our original goal, which my goal was always time freedom, and we ended up managing a venue, then that sucked both of us into it. And so then you started missing out on a lot of things because you were gone so often on weekends and evenings managing the venue. And so I think then you started to realize like, this is, this is for sure not what we're looking for. You know, like it was a great experience, but we just realized that's not the business we were trying to build. Right. But, and we knew that kind of getting in what's, what's the the best way to learn. You got to get in the game, do it. We jumped right in and it did require a lot of time. And it was like, you look down at your watch, you're like celebrating your 42nd birthday. And you're like, is this really? (laughs) Is this what we worked for? Right. That's kind of a roundabout way of telling you guys like why this trip was important. Really for me, I don't know that it was a bucket list trip necessarily for Ira, but maybe it was, babe. I don't know. But for me. From the outside looking in, it looked like it was a goal for you for putting in all this time and effort and just seeing like is is, what I've built so far able to do this for me. Correct. Literally. I didn't care where we went or even how we went. Like I didn't care if we went in an RV. I didn't care if we went in a car. I didn't care if we went by train. I just wanted to be able to leave for an extended period of time and run our business and make, yeah, like all the things to still work. 
and to make memories with our girls. And the reason that it happened this summer is because our oldest is going to turn 16 this year. We started our business when she was one and uh, actually in June of, you know, when she turned one. And so here we are literally 14 years later. And I was like, you know, next year she'll have an excuse. Like she'll have a job and she'll be able to say, oh, sorry, mom and dad, I can't get off work. And so I was like, this is the last year that we can really like make sure all of us can go. And so I was like, it has to be this year. Like it just has to be. And so that's, it kind of gave me a deadline to work towards. I reverse engineer everything. So for us last year, last summer during COVID is when I said to Ira, like enough is enough. We're doing this trip next year. Come hell or high water, it's going to happen. However, we have to figure it out. And so then it started becoming, okay, well, the first thing is what dates are we going to go? So like we, I, I blocked off a five week period on our calendar that I kind of was like, this is rough. You know, like I blocked off these five weeks and I said, you know, this can shift as we find as other things come. But as wedding professionals, you guys know, if you don't have that time pre-blocked on your calendar, a lead's going to come in and you're going to be like, oh, I'll take it. And then all of a sudden you don't have an opening for a vacation in your calendar because you keep taking these leads. So pre-blocking that time helped me in my own mind to think, okay, you know, I want to make sure it's after, well, after the end of school. So we can kind of like close up the school year, make sure all of that's done. I can close up um, everything I needed from busy season because our busy season ends in May all that kind of stuff I wanted to make sure we had time for. So I didn't plan on leaving till June 11th. Um, and then I actually also blocked out my, my online scheduler for the whole June and July, because I was like, you know what? I don't want to end up having calls blocked into my calendar, like right when we get back and then I'm going to be stressed or like we end up staying extra days and I'm going to be stressed. So that was the first step. And then the second step for me was budgeting. (laughs) How much is it going to cost us to do this trip? You know, if we don't want to have to like pinch every penny, how much are we really going to need? And so trying to figure that part out was interesting because it was like after COVID, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but literally everything has gone up in price. So what I had originally budgeted wasn't accurate anymore. To rent an RV, it was way more expensive. It was double to rent a van, it was double. Airbnbs were so much more expensive. Like everything was so much more expensive. So we ended up buying an RV Hmm. (laughs) on a whim. Kind of. Yes. Yes, exactly. Kind Kind of. of. No, it was 100%. Like we decided one morning we should buy the RV instead of renting it and then bought one like three days later. Right. What was our reasoning? Because everybody (laughs) wants to know. I think they all think we're crazy. I think we're crazy as it sits in our front yard. I'm not going to lie, you guys, like full transparency. I'm like, what the hell did we just do? But really, so what happened was I, I kind of figured it was going to take us quite a large sum of money to rent an RV. And so I, I put that money aside. Like I figured out how much it was going to cost us. It was a, an astounding amount of money and really from what we had originally thought it was going to cost. And so I hadn't really shared a lot of the numbers with Ira, to be honest. He doesn't really get involved in kind of like minutia. He's just like, okay. And then I think one morning, probably about really two weeks before our trip, he walked in to the bathroom while I was doing my hair and he was like, I mean, I just kind of like ran some numbers in my head, but it seems like it's going to cost us like $10,000 to rent an RV. And I'm like, you're really close. And so he was like, why would we not just take that money and 
buy one? Like, why wouldn't we just buy our own and then we can like rent it out after or we'll have it forever. And I was like, I mean, okay. And then we literally went shopping for an RV and bought one. Well, we started researching. Did we? Yes. <laughs> Google.com. And you go on many different websites looking what is available, trying to look at reviews. And right now, RVing, because of COVID, is super popular. Yeah. So it's really hard to find, you know, an RV to purchase the kind that we wanted. I mean, we did look at ratings. We did consider pricing. You did. Yes. What was my only requirement? <laughs> that we're gone for a month. No. The overall. For the, the RV that we purchased, what was my only requirement? Well, that, that it has bunk beds. Like a bunk suite. <laughs> that is literally it. I was like, as Which long is- as it has bunk beds, I don't care. So all of a sudden one came in on Giant Recreation World and we've rented from Giant Recreation World several times prior. So there's an initial trust with the company. It's right there too. We're in Winter Garden. So my thought is service would be easy. Parts would be easy. Um, Found one, but it was in uh, like north of Daytona and their store there. But we did go visit this Giant World, Giant Recreation World, and saw some here that were close, but were not... They didn't have bunks. Um, So when you're spending that kind of money, you don't want to settle, right? It's like if you're putting on an extension to your home, you don't (laughs) want to do it the wrong way. You don't want to set, you want to think about it. So we found one that was barely mentioned and advertised on the giant recreation world's website, but like an hour and a half away and uh, like North Daytona. So we drove there, right? Yeah. And, um, this was after doing a ton of research, and it had bunks, but there was no imagery on the on the website. It's almost like it just rolled in, and they just threw it up. Because- well, it did. It wasn't even cleaned yet when we got it. Yeah. <laughs> when we saw it, it wasn't cleaned. It was still, like, not air-conditioned, but yeah. it had bunk beds, and I was, like, sold. Yeah, pretty much. So Yeah, that's our journey of buying an RV and all the research. Short, right. If you haven't RV'd before, one of the coolest things is that you always have all your stuff with you. You can cook. You save a lot of money on eating out. I will say that because we cooked a lot in our RV or snacks, breakfast, all that kind of stuff. So that was that was definitely a benefit of it. But it it is expensive. I mean, gas is a fortune right now. So there was a lot of things about it that definitely didn't save us money, but it was something I really thought this is going to be a lot of fun. And the reason I wanted bunks, in case anybody's like, what the heck? I, if you have kids, I'm telling you, especially if you're leaving for a month, but for really any period of time, you want each child and each person really to have their own little space. I mean, it's a small space that you're already in. So for me, I kept thinking if each kid, if each of our girls could have their own space that's theirs. And we don't have to like drop the dining room table every night and then put it back up every morning. I wanted them each to have like a space they could kind of hide out in. And so that's why the bunk beds were really important to me. And it paid off because really, I mean, we have a tiny house as it is. So we were kind of used to all being in the same space all the time, but for the RV, it was nice for them if they needed a minute to just like go chill in their bed. We really didn't have a plan when it came to where we were going, right? Like that was no, and a lot of people ask. <laughs> that was an interesting thing for our all the planners out there. If you're listening and you're like, how on earth did you not plan ahead? Honestly, I was so overwhelmed because I had been planning for an Airbnb trip until this 10 days before our trip when we bought an RV. 
And then it was like, what RV sites do you go to? What's the difference between a full hookup site and a water site? Like all the things. And so we were just like, you know what? The only thing we know is we're going north on the East Coast and we're just going to drive and... 95 North. Drive 95. And we kind of Googled as we went. And I don't know. I think it worked out for us, babe, because we... You know, like some places didn't have availability that we wanted, but then we ended up finding other places. We kind of learned as we went what we liked and what we didn't like, right? Like, (laughs) and one of the things that we found out was that you can overnight camp for one night at Walmart and Cracker Barrel. Most, we found that out the hard way too. Most Walmarts. Allegedly, we could. (laughs) (laughs) Most Walmarts and Cracker Barrels. That was actually really fun. Like Emma, our oldest, said that when we asked all the kids what their favorite part of the trip was, she said, always the nights we camped at Walmart. And I was like, seriously, like, <laughs> but I think it was because we were in a shopping plaza. So we well, would get uh, out yeah, and go shopping. Makes them the moment more, I don't know, electric than knowing <laughs> that you don't know where you're going to sleep and who could be sleeping near you. <laughs> who else can say they've slept at Walmart? I mean, shoot. I know many. it's very exciting. Very exciting. No, I mean, for the, the one man in the RV that has to protect all four women, right? He's he's like, I don't know if the Walmart makes me feel warm and fuzzy, the Walmart parking lot, but it was fun. It was kind of adventurous. It was always interesting. You definitely want to scope it out. Look at the neighborhood you're in. Yeah. I talk to the manager. <laughs> always. Like just as a disclaimer here. Yeah. Talk to the manager, let them know what you're doing. Scope out the, the landscape and the, what, what the store looks like. Because like one night we were supposed to stay in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and I kind of planned out Walmart stops. Like I wasn't like you know, oh, we don't have anywhere to sleep tonight. Let's sleep at Walmart. I really kind of was like, let's stay three nights at a nice RV resort. We spend, you know, money camping there. And then we have a Walmart night in between as we're traveling to kind of offset some of the costs because Walmart is obviously free to sleep in. And so, but like one night we were supposed to stay in Scranton, Pennsylvania at a Walmart. And Ira was like, under no circumstances are we sleeping here. (laughs) And why would we want to stay in Scranton? Why do we pick Scranton? Well, I didn't know. Our middle daughter is an office fanatic, like fanatic. And so she wanted to do the walking tour in Scranton, Pennsylvania to see like the B-roll film that they have in the office. And as we were walking around, Ira was saying to me, babe, this place, I'm telling you, we should not just be walking around here. It's, it does not feel right. At first. Yeah. And so I wanted to make us all feel better. So I Googled crime in Scranton, Pennsylvania And I certainly did not make us feel better because it came up and said that Scranton was in the top seven cities in the country for the most violent crime. So I was like, well, let's go. So we needless to say, we did not stay at the Walmart there. Um, We did keep driving. And then one of the other experiences that we had was when we went to the Outer Banks and we were supposed to stay at the Walmart there. And I'd already pre-planned. I knew the address of the Walmart. And we get there at like 830 at night. In the Outer Banks. So if you guys don't know, the Outer Banks is like literally one strip of land in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So we get to the Walmart and there's signs, huge signs everywhere that says no overnight parking. And we were just like, Yeah, what not do we just do? like the normal signs. No, like, like look, huge as, as signs. RVers, you see them in the in the even in the Walmarts that allow you to yeah. sleep over. But this one was like a billboard. That's the first thing you see. Literally everywhere. And so we were like, what do we do? Because there's no options. Like we're we have nowhere to go at this point. And um so we ended up calling I don't even know how many different campgrounds we called to find a place to stay that night because it's July in the Outer Banks is like the most popular season. So we ended up staying one night at a campground uh and then moved to our to the campground we were supposed to be in. So little things like that, that kind of like 
To me, it made it more adventurous. I think in the moment it was a little stressful, but like looking back, I'm like, well, what would it be if the whole thing was like perfectly planned and we had no learning moments? Yeah. Made no it fun. adventure. Yeah, that's right. We had to have adventure. So babe, what would you say was like one of your highlights of the trip? Learning how to appreciate the roads that you drive on. <laughs> like in Florida, I think we have amazing roads. Everywhere else that I was on 95, I'm like... Basically, once we got terrible. past North Carolina, everything north of there was like yeah, trash. I'll give some respect to Georgia. I mean, even even South Carolina wasn't that great, right? It was bad. In an RV where everything jiggles, but you can feel every bump. the flipping worst. The worst. <laughs> and then like little jaunts, you know, between like New Jersey and Maryland. We're nice. Yeah. You know, the fear of tunnels. I mean, but that energy, that was, you know, while it sounds negative, that was a fun part of, of just appreciating the roads that we have. And then understanding your your surroundings. I think to be able to drive an RV, you've got to have a spidey sense. <laughs> and don't just be like, la, 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 drive. Because, man, we'd hit some bumps and stuff and get drafted by vehicles. So the whole yeah. overall experience of driving, I think, was the favorite part. But, you know, there's yeah, was, tons of favorites. I mean, it was an adventure. I was literally on my phone every drive the whole time, mostly up north, north of Virginia, because... We're from Florida, by the way. If you guys do not know, I know Ira just kind of mentioned we love our Florida roads, but we're here in Central Florida, Orlando. And so as we would get really north of Virginia, like we we don't have tunnels. We don't have bridges. Like we don't, we don't really have that kind of thing here. So we had to Google constantly, like what bridges are we getting ready to come up? Are, can you take an RV over it? What tunnels are we can coming? Can you take it under it? Yeah. Can you Clearances. take, can you go under the tunnel? Can you take LP gas under the tunnel? Like we had to stop at one tunnel so they could make sure we turned off our LP gas. We didn't know where the LP gas was like crazy, just things that I was constantly Googling. So I don't even know. I, I have no idea how people did this before there was Google. <laughs> I don't know. And thank God for awesome bloggers who would do things like when you're trying to get into, you know, Manhattan with an RV, here's the route to take. We stayed on Liberty Harbor and then we were able to just take the train over to Manhattan. That was pretty cool. Like we literally stayed at the marina where the Statue of Liberty is. So we climbed up on top of our RV and we could see the Statue of Liberty right there at the marina. So that was, I feel like that was one of the highlights for me. I would agree. Definitely. Some of the things that I think that we learned too, like if anybody is thinking, okay, I want to do an RV adventure like this, like I'm totally doing it. I would say the number one thing that we learned was we needed a tow car. <laughs> we did not have a car with us. And we knew before we left, we knew we were going to have to Uber into the cities we wanted to go to or, you know, have public transportation or whatever. And the first couple of cities we stopped in was like Jekyll Island, Hilton Head, Charleston. A lot of those places had Williamsburg had public transportation. So they had either a trolley system or, and so we always looked for campgrounds that were on the trolley or the bus line so that we could get around, which was really, really nice. I'd say Hilton Head did the best job of that. Because they had like free trolley transportation throughout the whole island, which was really cool. Williamsburg did a good job of that too. But then you'd get into cities like Washington, D.C., and the closest RV park was 40 minutes outside the city because it was for the July weekend. And uh, that was some expensive Uber trips. So I think the the thing we learned there was if we had a tow car, we would have been able to maybe take a little bit more short adventures that we couldn't necessarily do without it. Yeah, I'd agree. Tow yeah. car needed or a golf cart. All that to say, 
we own an RV now. So how are we going <laughs> to afford this RV? Yeah. So a lot of people are like, okay, must be nice to be like balling that you could just like go buy an RV, right? Okay. So no, that's not what's happening. So we have decided to make a little business out of our RV. We're business people at heart. You know, we love the idea of like turning something into a business and we really like the idea of sharing our adventures with other people and we love hospitality. And so Last year, Ira and I had hoped to buy an Airbnb, a small one that we could rent out. And because of the real estate market, we've kind of held off on that. But this has become kind of like our version of being able to have our own Airbnb. So um, the Flying Nimbus, as we named it, Ira named it, and the kids named it the Flying Nimbus. What is that from? It's from Dragon Ball Z. Uh, uh, It's like an animation, a Japanese animation from back when I was a kid. (laughs) 80s and 90s. So we've turned the Flying Nimbus into a business and we've put it on RV share. We already have a few rentals. We're kind of nervous about like working out all the kinks, but our goal is to be able to share our RV with other people and to make it like really a home on wheels, genuinely, like a place where people and their family can come and make memories like we do and um, and they can rent it. So we have it listed on RV share. We need to get it on a couple more platforms, but you know, one of our goals is to be smart business people and, you know, having multiple revenue streams is something that's really, really important. So to us, we thought, Hey, we weren't able to do the Airbnb just yet, but maybe this is a great version of it. So we'll see, like, we have no idea. We just got back from our trip. Our first rentals coming up in a couple of weeks from the date of this podcast airing. So you have to ask us how that goes, but we're excited about that adventure. So that's just one more adventure that our family is going to get to experience is now renting out an, an RV. A vehicle. It's kind <laughs> a home of home on wheels. We couldn't do this 10 years ago. Oh, you couldn't. How no, we couldn't do this five years ago. All yeah. this opportunity. So why not test it out? Yeah. And what I think is really cool, just even about this opportunity that we have is that, you know, we had, like I said, we had the cash kind of set aside to rent one. And then we thought, well, what if we turn that into a business? And to be honest, we are in a day and age. I've said this so many times on this podcast. We're like, if you can't start your own business and you want to, then there's something wrong because there's literally an unlimited amount of opportunity in the world to just like, you know, start selling stuff on Facebook marketplace and make that a business or to buy a car and start Ubering, buy a car and rent it through turbo. I mean, there's just like, is it Turo? Turo, not Turbo, Turo, the app. Like there's just a million ways to make a side income, to make a full-time income, doing whatever it is that lights you up and that you want. So there's really like no excuse for not being able to have your own business if you want to. So we're excited about this adventure. We'll uh, check back in and tell you how our first rental goes, which I think is like the first week of August. And we're excited about that adventure. And babe, I think a lot of people too asked going to pivot a little bit from telling you guys about our trip and tell you a little bit about what it was like to like work and keep the business going while we were gone. Because I feel like when I was sharing on our stories, the question I got the most often is how are you keeping up with everything? And to be honest, I I let you know that I was going to ask this question before the show. And you were like, I don't actually think we worked that much while we were gone. That's correct. Right. We've been planning this, the the ability to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, for a while. Yeah. We didn't work a lot on the trip and it's, and people I think are surprised by that because you think like, oh, you need to be strapped to your business all the time. To be honest, because me 
moving out of the day to day of blush and 11 has been a goal for a while. And I've been doing that. I'm not super involved in the day to day of either of those businesses. And our staff really runs a lot of that. So I only get involved when there's something that has to be escalated to me. So I really only get involved if our staff needs me for something because they kind of all have their own role in running the business client facing. So with Blush and Eleven, we didn't really have a whole lot to do with them. Ira had to like log on to run payroll because he still does that. And I think you had to like verify something for one of our operations team at one point. But like literally, we didn't really get involved. I came to staff meetings still. So I did that twice while we were on the road. And then for our consulting business, for the coaching side of our business, I'd say that's what I was probably most involved in. And honestly, the only reason was because we switched social media companies 11 days before we left. (laughs) And that was also planned. Um, We had actually planned to switch social media companies in March. Um, Our current copywriter who was incredible was kind of taking a new direction in her business, but keeping me on as a client because I'd been there for a while. And we just knew it was time for her to fly and for me to find somebody more in our niche. And um, so we planned it since March. It just the way the timing happened, it really had to kind of like make the final takeover on June 1st. And so I think that was probably the trickiest piece of all of it was that we didn't I I had to kind of be involved in a new company taking over our social media, but that still was just me jumping on a zoom call here and there to kind of talk through that. It's normal communicating with your team, right? Like we don't have the policy, like when we're on vacation, like don't reach out to us. No, no. Mm -mm. So, and then, you know, you prepare for that by going out and getting a data card or a hotspot, (laughs) right? Yeah. That kind of stuff. You know, that's going to happen. That's going to be needed. But for the most part, you've been getting, And the team's been getting all your processes and procedures down. Mm -hmm. You want everybody to understand their role. They understand when somebody's out of the game, what's involved for them to moving the whole ship forward with people being out, regardless if it's me and you, Mm -hmm. or if it's Allie, Mm -hmm. or if it's Jess. Like We know when that person's gone because the procedures and the policies that are put into place, we know what needs to be taken care of. Yeah. I mean, you don't just whimsically do that like you can whimsically purchase an RV. (laughs) No, true. Yeah. We had put that into place for a while and I did take on three coaching students over the summer and I was very mindful of that as well. And I, I let people know I'm only taking three students over June and July because I wanted to not have to miss out on family memories to do Zoom calls or, you know, to be strategizing with someone. So I felt like three was really easy for me to be able to be fully invested in their businesses and keep them moving forward, um, but to also not have to be missing out on family memories. So that worked out really well. I put a strict cap on that for myself and for my students. And so that that was really easy. So we didn't really work a lot on the trip. But to do that, we had to pre-record all of our podcast episodes, which we typically pre-record about six weeks out anyway, except for this episode, which all of our team knew this episode would be recorded like a couple days before it went live just because of the timing of it. But most of our podcasts are recorded about six weeks out anyway. For Ira, he had to do a little bit of editing while we were gone, but I didn't have to record anything except one presentation while we were gone, which was really, really nice. And then when we got back, my fear was that now what do we do for August podcasts, right? Because I wasn't going to record for five weeks. So now I didn't want to record 11 or 12 weeks out. I felt like that was too far. 
So we are trying something new this year, and I'm really, really excited about it, actually, is that we have a ton of friends that have podcasts that I love, like that are great podcasts that I personally listen to, that I've been on, and that I think are really valuable for our listeners, too. And so we decided to pick four podcasts that we love, and we're going to feature those during the month of August. So it's going to be interviews that I've been on their show. And um, four really great podcasts to introduce you to that you can add to your library and um, hopefully that you'll get a lot of value out of moving forward as well. So we picked four podcasts we're going to feature during the month of August, and that allowed us to not have to necessarily record any new content for August. So now we're going to catch up to September. I'm excited to know what you guys think of it when we're done with it, but I feel like this is something I'd like to do every August. I've heard of other podcasters doing it. And I just think it's a really neat way to like feature other podcasts that your listeners can also benefit from. I'm excited about it. So I hope you guys love it. So the next four episodes of the podcast are going to feature four other podcasts that we love that you should definitely add to your library. And so, yeah, so that's kind of how we batched out podcasting and made sure that we were staying able to not work for those days. So what do you think, babe? Anything else to add to kind of like how we kept up with everything? The simplicity of just planning for anything that can happen, just sitting down and and having some dedicated time to think, okay, I'm gone for four weeks. What could happen? What do you need to have in place? And then take only that with you. Yeah. If you're having a moment of frustration, just like in regular business, there's somebody that can tap you on the shoulder and say, this is only for a moment. Let's just not forget to make the memory good and move forward. Yeah. I had my podcast recording mic with me if I needed it, but I never pulled it out, which was great. Um, So yeah, so like Ira said, we had things with us if we needed to at the last minute. Thankfully, we didn't need to do that. And overall, I think it was just, it showed us that we can step away from our business when we need to and when we want to, and we can still keep things going. So really my biggest reason for sharing this episode with you guys is one, to just kind of have a little fun, lighthearted episode to just give you guys a peek into how we came up with this trip and, you know, how we did it. But really, because I want you to know that you need to have a why behind your business. You know, why did you start your business in the first place? And what are you working towards? And it's, it's different for everybody. If it's wealth for you, if it's time freedom, if it's the ability to be able to work part-time and mom, you know, full-time, like whatever that is for you, you just need to know what that is so that when you start comparing yourself to other people, you're, which we all do, that you make sure that it, it aligns with you. What are your goals for your business? And they can ebb and flow. They can change as you go. We've been in many seasons in family life, you know, having had a one child when we started the business to three kids now, and now we're moving into this teen teen years phase. You know, your your business goals can change. For me now, my business goals are that I want a flexible business. I want to be able to be where my kids are at any point, be able to go visit them anytime. So for me, that's our goal. That's that's the goal Ira and I are working towards. And it's just a really exciting time. So I'm telling you, when you have a goal that you're working towards, it will make it a lot easier. And this is what I teach. I, I'm passionate about teaching other wedding professionals how to build their business in a way that lets them not be involved in the day-to-day so that you can be the CEO, you can be the visionary, you can really step away from the day-to-day of your business because what's important is that you're building a business and not a job that sucks every ounce of your time out of your life. (laughs) 
So if that's something that you're interested in, definitely DM me over on Instagram. I'm at Brandy Gar. I'd love to chat with you a little bit more about where you are in business and how I can help you with that. And if you loved this podcast episode, hey, share it with a friend. If you know somebody that's interested in taking an RV trip or just somebody that's interested in learning from real people, we're real. We try to keep it real. We let you guys into as much of our life of running a business as a husband and wife team with three kids and all the craziness that goes along with it. Um, Make sure you share it on your Instagram and tag myself or tag Ira. Both of us, both of our handles will be in the show notes. And yeah, thank you guys for being here every single week. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. Hey there, wedding pro. Are you feeling overwhelmed, burned out, and wondering how you will ever pay yourself an actual salary from this business you're building? I get it. I'm a wedding pro just like you. I sat in this season of overwhelm and no pay for way too long. Now I own one of the largest planning firms in Orlando, Florida, while doing less than five weddings myself each year. And yeah, I pay myself a full-time salary too. And I'm not alone. Hundreds of other wedding pros just like you have gone from overwhelmed pro to confident CEO by using the proven strategies I teach inside the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator. I tell Brandy all the time how grateful I am for her. Before joining with her, I thought I was successful and I was successful, but I was working 24 seven, barely making a profit. Now, over a year later working with her, it's just been life changing. We have our Monday calls. I voice text with other wedding planners all over the nation. And it's helpful just to have someone that's done what we're trying to do. And that is what the CEO Accelerator Group has helped and taught me to do. Inside the Accelerator, you get lifetime access to the six step-by-step modules that walk you through the pillars of a profitable wedding business. The financial services spreadsheet that Brandy gives you as a part of the Accelerator is worth the price of the Accelerator alone. If you need clarity on finances, your budget, if you can hire, if you can even pay the people that you have hired, go get the Accelerator because that spreadsheet gave me the knowledge and power to make the decisions to continue hiring and growing my team in the way that I want to. But what good is all of this knowledge without accountability, community, and of course, a place to ask your most burning questions? When you join the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator, you also get six months inside our live coaching membership. It literally has changed the way I do business. It has changed the way I view things. It has changed the way that I manage things. It is totally amazing to be able to sit with CEOs that have been through what I've been through, have been through the trenches and can give me the insight as to how they got through it. It doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the only person on the planet who feels this way. No, there's tons of other CEOs that feel the same way I do. And we can talk about it, think through it, and we can learn. It is absolutely amazing. And if you're thinking about it, you should do it. The Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator is the best of a course, a membership, and a group coaching community all in one. The group has been so supportive and has really kept me sane through the busiest season I've ever seen in my career. For that, I'm really thankful. Looking forward to the next year and all the things I have to learn to grow and scale my business and super excited for the next steps. 
here's the thing. You can absolutely listen to this show every single week to get nuggets that will help you scale your business. And over the course of a few years of piecing together all of that free information, you could very likely grow a successful wedding business. Or you can join the Wedding Pros CEO Accelerator today to get the proven step-by-step roadmap you need to ditch the overwhelm, build maximum profit, and step into your role as confident CEO, all in just six short months. In 2021, we did 220,000 in revenue, which I was so excited about at the time. In 2022, where we sit now, our revenue came in around 560,000. Honestly, I attribute so much of that to really being able to grow. I actually no longer take on weddings myself. I'm really able to focus and be the CEO of my company. And that's come with a lot of guidance from the Accelerator Group, all the other incredible CEOs in that program, bouncing ideas off of each other, asking for the help and hearing from other people and what's worked and what hasn't. Just click the link in the show notes below to learn more about the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator and let's build your profitable wedding business together.